Sex and happiness both enrich our lives, yet it's surprising how few people can honestly say that they enjoy regular and fulfilling sex or describe themselves and their lives as happy. Host Lori Handlers helps you to experience real intimacy and happiness. You'll laugh a little, learn a little, and we hope put a smile on your face and a smile in your life. Now here's Lori. Hi everybody, this is Laurie Handlers and you're listening to another episode of Sex and Happiness, a show about your sex and your happiness and mine too. And um, I've stressed over the years that these things go hand in hand and today we're going to have a show that may increase your sex and your happiness, assuming that you catch up with these people in a city where you live or you invite them to a city where you live. And... um, We're going to be talking about Tantra Speed Date, and uh, my guest today is Guy Shahar, and he's the co-founder of the Tantra Institute and the originator of Tantra Speed Date. He teaches classes on Tantra and relationships with Lauren Harkness, his partner, and he offers private coaching and Tantra healing sessions. Um, His experience in the realm of sensuality spans several decades and modalities. So let's bring him on the show without further ado. Welcome to the show, Guy. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show, Lori. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, It was a pleasure to have you at our latest Valentine's Tantra speed date in Phoenix. So I'm very excited to be talking more about it. And uh, you should know that I'm recovering from a cold from our Valentine's tour. So I may (laughs) need to clear my throat on occasion. So I'm glad that I didn't really give you a full-on kiss <laughs> that <Right>. night. <laughs> That's I great. Well, that would be interesting. But. <laughs> I wouldn't have wanted that cold, but I'm really glad that you agreed to be here on this show despite how you feel. And I'm having you here right away because I was really impressed with the Tantra Speed Date event. Well, thank you. Yeah, it was sweet. I love, well, I loved so much about it. So before we get into that, like really the aspects of it, what you're doing, why you're doing it and how you're doing it, let's just talk a little bit about, you know, how you got here. How did you get to the place where all of a sudden you created Tantra Speed Date? My seventh grade guidance counselor did not tell my parents I was going to be a Tantra teacher. That was unheard (laughs) of. (laughs) So how did you get here? How, How did your journey take you here? It's a good question. I, I'm not even really sure the answer myself. If somebody had told me, you know, several years ago, this is where you're going to end up, I never would have probably believed them or understood why. Um, perhaps those are the most important, interesting stories of how people end up where they are. What I can say is that a lot of my experience in many different disciplines went into creating the Tantra Speed Date. So, for instance, uh, for many years, uh, and still to this day, I'm involved in the film community as both a writer, producer, and director. Um, I have acted as well, and uh, and I'm a member of the Writers Guild and the Screen Actors Guild. Uh, it's an area of life. The area of storytelling is a place I'm very passionate about. And mm. so there are elements of storytelling in Tantra Speed Date, and it is, in fact, a scripted experience. And... In the, you know, in the writer's world, we talk about you want to take a a reader or a viewer if you're creating a film and you want to take them from one place to another. You want to craft a story that has a beginning, middle and an end 
that brings them to a different place, that has your viewer go through some sort of transformation through the protagonist of the piece. And Tantra Speed Date has a beginning and a middle and an end. And when people come in, and as you've seen, when people leave, they've gone through a transformation. So in many ways, like these elements of storytelling are in the, uh, I guess you could say the construction of the piece. A good deal of it is scripted. And there is a very distinct beginning, middle and end to the ceremony. So, uh, so that's one way some of the aspects uh, in my life have come into play in terms of creating the ceremony and crafting it and shaping it from the inspiration to the uh, well-structured event that it is now that mm. enables it to now be in, in 20 cities and, and, and all that fun stuff. Well, I have to say, I mean, it was a wonderful event. I love the way you facilitated it. I love how you taught, you actually taught Tantra at each pairing. So let's just, let's describe it a little bit. People come okay. in and then they have different pairings. So it's kind of like a puja. It's an honoring of the masculine and the feminine um, and, and those that are holding the masculine and the feminine. And for the evening, you ask people to be polarized, the men right. to hold the masculine, the women to hold the feminine. And then there's an honoring at each station as people rotate around, I guess the women rotated around. But what I loved the most mm -hmm. was how much you were actually teaching in between each pairing, real Tantra you were teaching, but you weren't so light-handed, you were not heavy-handed, that people mm -hmm. could like take as much as they could bite and, and not, you know, you weren't like dogmatic or anything. You were really, you were really sweet and giving people a lot of knowledge if they wanted it. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like a yoga class. We, we try to kind of structure it in that way where it's like, okay, here's the pose that we're doing and you can sort of find your way around that pose. And then if you want to go deeper, here's the sort of deeper pose and so on and so forth. So people can find like what feels right for them in, in that moment. Um, you know, and sometimes that's just sort of like not even participating at all in the station, which is totally fine. So for, for me, it's also interesting that you mentioned that because Part of what we wanted to do with Tantra Speed Date is it came from a, a bunch of different places. One of the places that it came from was was we were experimenting with different classes. You know, we, we do about 10 classes a month, primarily in New York uh, at the Tantra Institute, myself and Lauren. And we were experimenting with different classes, like how do we find the class that most people want to learn? And around that time, we were experimenting with creating these relationship skills classes where we would basically take some basic Tantra principles and turn them into exercises that people could do to enhance their relationship skills, to really enhance their ability to connect to their partner. And then by, by enhancing that, of course, you enhance your ability to attract a partner, right? So yes. we would set up these classes and we would experiment with the marketing and not too many people showed up to the relationship skills classes. We would all, we usually would not get very many singles. What we would often get is a lot of couples and usually couples that have been together for a while and things weren't working out and they were hoping that this relationship skills class was going to somehow fix them. Um, so, so these were not, not very well attended classes. And here we are showing up to teach these skills. And some of the people that were showing up were not in a place where they really wanted to learn 
the skills or there were other, there was other stuff that needed to happen before those skills could be uh, could be learned or we had to teach different skills. You know, it was always sort of a mixed bag. And so at the time that I was developing Tantra Speed Date, we thought, well, you know, maybe there's a way for us to take these skills and kind of make them like bite sized pieces and then fit them into the speed date. Because mm. as far as I know, there has never been a dating event that had some sort of skill or educational component to it other than, hey, we throw you in a room, meet people however you have sort of been conditioned to meet people, and then you either match with them or you don't. Like that's been my experience of every single dating event. So I was not aware of any dating event that actually had an educational component that's like, okay, let's talk about what it means to connect with, with someone before we do the connecting exercises. Mm -hmm. um, so we started to take um, some of the stations that we created and, and build. A lot of them kind of naturally lent themselves to some sort of skill that you learn. But we started to build these skills into the stations. And what happened was when we did our first event, it was really kind of an experiment. You know, we, didn't, we didn't expect that when we did our first event that fast forward a year later, we're in 20 cities and have done 150 ceremonies. That was not, <laughs> that was not the expectation. Yeah. So, but we did it and people had such an overwhelmingly positive response. And, and I think it was really because they were, they were learning something. They were practicing connecting with another human being while they were also dating. So it was super efficient to be able to date someone, learn something, and then see if you have chemistry with them within a two minute exchange. That's highly efficient. And I'm all about efficiency. You know, I have, I have, a, <laughs> I have a systems background. I worked in web technology for a very long time. So efficiency is important. And, uh, and I think they were leaving feeling so good because they really learned something, you know, like you could go to the event and not meet anyone that, that you wanted to connect with and leave the event and tell me, oh my God, that was the best thing I've ever done. Uh, so, well, I want to say something to you. I mean, you know, obviously I came there with my partner, so I wasn't, particularly shopping necessarily for a new partner in any uh -huh. way. But I had, I, you know, like anyone, when I came in and everyone introduced themselves and they uh, gave a little soundbite on who they were, you know, I had judgments about people and whatever. Some of the people in the room I knew and some of the people I didn't know. And I certainly had judgments about, you know, this is not a kind of person that I could connect with and whatever I connected right. with. I connected so deeply with the least uh, expected person, you know, like I am like the most unwooed uh -huh. person on the planet. I have like my, you know, I, my both feet are on the ground. I'm like definitely not woo, even though. Right there people, with you. Yeah. Some people would say I'm woo just for, because of the subject that I did. Right. <laughs> I connected with the person who was the most into the energy, reading the energy, da, 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 very woo, like, not ground in my opinion not grounded at all we had such we had two two times two rounds going around two times the deepest connection that i had with anybody in the room and so that was like amazing to me and i thought to myself okay you know i'm not really in the market looking for somebody here i loved how you set that up anyway that it really didn't matter that meeting people and being friends you set all that up in the beginning. So it was okay to completely relate however we wanted to relate. And, right. um, and I was super surprised. I connected with everyone, but I was super surprised at how deeply 
in the interactions that I had with this particular individual, how deeply our connection was like tears. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that that amazing? Yeah. Like tears. Wow. Yeah. I, um, (laughs) it's, it's amazing. So we kind of learned this by accident that, you know, there are many different types of connection and in the ceremony, you don't really get to choose what type of connection you're going to have with someone. It's you, you get you find yourself in front of someone and then you kind of are uh, confronted by, OK, what connection or lack of connection is here? And uh, and and it is often surprising, like who you find out that you connect with and and how sometimes, like you said, you went into it, not even necessarily looking for a partner. You know, you were there to to lend your energy. Right. And and for us to get to know each other, which was great. And you found yourself in a connection that that felt very powerful. Yes. Well, I felt I made, I'm, you know, I'm really open. I love people. So, I mean, I knew I would connect pretty much with everybody, but I was very surprised at, you know, the person I had the deepest connection one with would be because if just at a cocktail party <laughs> or right. whatever, he would be the least person that I would have ever connected with like I would actually shy away from him he was like too vortexy for me <laughs> so. right yeah well you know we have a couple that got engaged they met at this ceremony they got engaged and she said you know I might not have otherwise uh connected with him if it wasn't during the ceremony but because we connected in the ceremony and we connected in such a, a beautiful and pure way it set the stage for this relationship that could unfold with a lot of connection and honesty and, and presence. And I was really kind of struck by that, that she said, you know, I normally, I wouldn't have approached this guy or connected with him. Um, But then when I found myself with him, there was such a beautiful connection there. I had Mm. to explore it. So this is a really good time for us to take a break. You just left us with, you know, a possibility Mm-hmm. someone could meet, you know, like I met this person that I talked about, and then you talked about these people getting engaged. So there's possibility here. And that's the part that I want my listeners to get that for sure, providing something that's, that's really amazing. And they could find you or they could invite you. And so we're going to stop in this part and then we'll come back and we'll talk some more about the other things that happen. Like I can talk about, a few of my other experiences that evening um, that I think are really relevant. So people can really get what you're doing. You're doing a fabulous service. So if you just tuned in, you're listening to sex and happiness. I'm Laurie Handlers. And my guest today is Guy Shahar and he has created Tantra Institute with his partner, Lauren, and he is the originator of Tantra Speed Date. And that's the experience that I had on Valentine's Day. And so I liked it enough to want to share it with everybody. So that's why we're on the show today talking about it. So when we return, we'll talk some more about the experiences that you could expect if you were to attend such an event. And then, uh, of course, in the third segment, we'll find out how you get in touch with Guy. So stay tuned. We're coming right back. Did you ever stop to think that love is your birthright? That you don't need to earn it or prove it? You just need to live it. I'm personally inviting you to the path of true love, power, and freedom. 
If you're ready to enliven your soul through conscious sexuality and dive deeply into profound ritual that frees your heart, I'm inviting you to join us for the Spiritual Sexual Shamanic Experience. This is better known to most of you as the ISTA Level 1 training. I am regularly leading these courses along with a team of accomplished facilitators all around the world. As a matter of fact, these trainings have taken place in 34 countries. For information on when I'm leading, go to ButterflyWorkshops.com. Or for a full schedule, you can go to SchoolofTempleArts.org. Please consider this invitation seriously because love and freedom are your natural state of being. Are you wondering what book to read to jumpstart your life? Get the best from relationships? Attain the deepest feelings of intimacy? Do you want the best sex along with great happiness? Get your copy of Sex and Happiness, The Tantric Laws of Intimacy by Lori Handlers right now. You'll learn how to make love in the unknown, take the performance anxiety and reaching a goal out of sex. You'll learn subtle ways of communication and really important practices to empower you when dealing with an intimate partner. You'll let go of blame and struggle. Doesn't this sound great? Sex and happiness puts the innocence back into sex and gives Tantra the respect it deserves. Take charge of your life, physically, emotionally, and spiritually with Sex and Happiness by Lori Handlers. Only nineteen ninety nine paperback and fourteen ninety nine ebook. Order your copy today by going to ButterflyWorkshops.com. That's ButterflyWorkshops.com for your copy of Sex and Happiness. My question for people right now is if you're a woman who could use a little zest and zing in your arousal response, or maybe you know women or a woman who could use this, because many women say that their feelings of desire, arousal, and sexual satisfaction don't happen as naturally or as often as they'd like. So I want to tell you about Zestra, because Zestra was developed to meet this much-needed option for women. Uh, Zestra is safe and a patented blend of botanical oils and extracts, and it's created to help women have increased sexual sensations. Zestra comes in convenient single-dose personal packets. Each packet keeps the essential arousal oils and extracts free, fresh, and safe from light. And with application of Zestra, it starts to work within three to five minutes. And at about 10 minutes, there's something called the Zestra Rush. And that can last up to about 45 minutes. The great news is that Zestra can be used as frequently as you like during each sexual experience. Now, I'm somebody who believes that all women deserve sexual satisfaction. That's why I do this show, in case you hadn't noticed. So, I believe that men and women deserve sexual satisfaction. So, if you're a woman who isn't getting that kind of arousal response that you want... Please call 877-426-8047. That's 877-426-8047. And please remember to say you heard about Zestra from Laurie Handlers on the Sex and Happiness Show. And we're back with Sex and Happiness. And again, I'm Laurie Handlers, your host. And uh, today I'm speaking with Guy Shahar, and we're talking about an event that he came to Phoenix. He, and he wasn't going to come to Phoenix. He was going to send someone else 
to Phoenix, but I was so glad you came to Phoenix and I got to meet you other than, you know, technology, letting us see each other on online. I was thrilled to get to meet you and to, and to see how skilled you are at taking a bunch of people who are like herding cats and putting them together and having them have a meaningful experience in, in three hours or less. So it was really awesome. Now I want to tell you there were people there that I knew because I just know so many people in Phoenix from having been teaching here for 10 years. And, um, there was also someone that I had an experience with who I saw for the first time as um, handsome and attractive and like really holding the male polarity. I've never seen that before in this particular individual. And so that was also, that was really mind blowing for me. It was very expansive. Yeah. Yeah. So <sighs> now the other piece I wanted to mention, I felt a really great connection with the women in the room. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm pretty heterosexual. So if I were being attracted, normally I'd be attracted to the men. And I felt like you, the setup that you gave enabled me to meet all the women in the room. Some of whom I also knew ahead of time in a whole new light. Too. So talk a little bit about that, how you have the bonding of the brotherhood and the bonding of the sisterhood in, in this also short event. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's not uncommon after the event for groups of people to get together and say, hey, let's all go out to dinner together. You know, everybody has such a wonderful, positive opening experience that sometimes it's kind of hard to kick people out of the space afterwards. And, you know, we have the the owners of the studios are like, all right, you need to wrap this up because we need to <laughs> and people want to mingle and connect because it feels so good in the room. So it's not uncommon for maybe a bunch of the women to get together and go to dinner together or a group of, of mixed folks going out to, uh, to dinner together. You know, there really is a nice, nice feeling in the room and, and, and it's pretty common. So it's, it's, it's interesting to me that actually lately, a lot of the women have been coming forward and saying, Hey, you know, I really enjoyed meeting the women in this group too. Mm -hmm. One of the, one of the things that we do is we have, so in, so we're talking about the heterosexual version of Tantra speed date. Uh, we also have a queer version of Tantra speed date. The format is a little bit different, uh, but in the heter heterosexual version, it is uh, a circle of women and a circle of men. And we ask, that the men step in to hold the masculine pole and that the women step in to hold the feminine pole. And we sort of give them a little primer on how to, how to get into those respective poles. And then that sort of creates a polarity so that when you're on your date with that person, uh, there's a polarity there. You're already starting from a place where it increases the likelihood of chemistry. Yeah. So how do you do it when you're doing the queer version? Because this is really timely and super important. I have a lot of queer and trans friends and mm -hmm. fluid friends all over the place who would also. So how many cities are you doing the queer version? So we do the queer version on occasion in select cities. Usually we'll do it around Pride Week in that city. Uh, mm -hmm. We have done it in San Francisco. Um, we are planning to do it in New York. Uh, we've been asked to do it in Miami. So in some of the cities we, uh, we've been, when we are asked to do it, we'll start to figure out, okay, how do we plan? How do we plan, uh, one of those events? And in those events, it works a little bit differently. Sometimes we'll do an event 
where uh, everybody works with everybody. So mm-hmm. there's there's no splitting up into two circles. There's just one circle and everyone works with everybody. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we split into two circles uh, randomly. So one person's sort of on the inside and one person is on the outside. And uh, in either case, we can still work with polarity because, uh, you know, masculine and feminine are just terms for different polarities that each of us have inside us. So it doesn't matter if you identify as a man or identify as a woman or identify anywhere on the spectrum, you have both masculine and feminine qualities of energies, right? And this, this, this is kind of a larger conversation that goes into a, an area of, you know, duality and there's duality in everything. And we have the left hemisphere of the brain and the right hemisphere of the brain, right. like so many different places, you know, so whether it's masculine, feminine, whether it's active receptive, whether it's yang or yin, you know, positive, negative, there's this concept of duality. And that's essentially what we're talking about is in a, in a romantic relationship, if you want to have chemistry, you need to have that polarity. And right. I found that polarity exists regardless of your sexual orientation. You right, can, you could have dom and sub polarity. You could have absolutely. Um, you know, that's another way to to polarize, um, which doesn't have um, a masculine or feminine attribute. But I agree with you. Right. We all have both. We all we all have polarity, and and that is the. The, uh, the way that I know to have the most amount of juice and chemistry in a relationship, right? You don't have mm-hmm. to have polarity. There, there have been some people I've met that have kind of like a neutral polarity where there isn't that, that, uh, the extremes of the two poles. Um, and that works for some people as well. But I would say in general, most people have some polarity and, uh, and that's kind of what creates the juice in the relationship. Yeah, I agree. But again, it's very important to distinguish that, you know, when we say masculine, we don't mean men. And when we say feminine, we don't mean women. Each of us has both of these energies. And, and sometimes that, that distinction gets lost. So I want to make sure that that's, that that's clear. So in yeah. the, in the queer version, when we work with these polarities, we have people take turns. They'll swap. Okay. I'm, I'm going to hold the masculine pole. You hold the feminine pole and then we'll swap and then we'll see how that feels. Yes, I, you know, and the other piece was that night there seemed like that you went in because there was not, uh, there was one more woman than man, but I was going to offer to be the masculine, to hold the masculine if you needed that. I've done that before in, uh, in, in pujas and I've had a lot of fun holding the masculine. So mm-hmm. it's something anybody could do. They just have to know that they have that. totally yeah i i appreciate that you're willing to do that and and, you know in most of our events we have a really good gender balance at these Mm -hmm. events because we we manage the the ticket sales so that we have gender balance Mm -hmm. and um and you know we we often have a waiting list so we can take people off the waiting list based on the the gender balance that's great In, in the case of the event that we did in phoenix that you attended um, we had one extra woman. So as the host, being a, a man who identifies as a masculine man, I was able to step in and hold that pole so that we wouldn't have a solo station. Mm-hmm. You know, and, I, and I, can, I can do that and run the ceremony at the same time. Yeah. Uh, because I've run it so many times. So that's, yeah. uh, uh, and some of, some of our other facilitators, you know, that, that have been doing this for a while can also step in and hold uh, various poles if they need to. Uh, you know, or we make any other kind of adjustments that we need to. But in so general, can, the gender balance is pretty good. So can we talk about the actual way that it gets communicated that there's an attraction? Or is that a trade secret? Um, oh, you're, <laughs> you're talking about the beads. Oh, yes. That's what you're talking about. Okay, yes. Yeah. 
Very so, reminiscent of the Club Med, where where when you get to the Club Med, they I went to Club Med years ago. They don't you you can't use any money. They give you beads, string of beads. They do. You're, you okay. buy liquor or whatever, extra things with beads. <laughs> Interesting. So it's, okay, so it's like a form of currency. Right. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't know that you could I would really say it's a form of currency, but is it suffice to say that in Tantra Speed Date, the, uh, the women choose. So the women uh, in the heterosexual version, the women will have just gone on a date, a two to, two to three minute uh, date. Uh, with this person and the dates are all uh, facilitated exercises. Mm -hmm. uh, we take you through a series of steps and you learn a skill and you practice it with your partner. And in that practicing, you sort of get a sense of, okay, you know, how, how do I adapt to this task? How is my partner adapting to this task? How are we working together as a team? And, and is there a chemistry here? Right. It's, it's super efficient. So, so uh, as a woman, you'll have this interaction with a man. And after the station is concluded, uh, you have an opportunity to decide if you want to connect with that man again. And the way that works is, is you'll see, and if you look at any of the photos, that uh, everyone who's attending is wearing a pouch. And uh, if you are in the, the masculine circle, you're wearing a gray pouch. And if you're in the feminine circle, you have a red pouch with beads in it. And so at the end of the station, the way that you choose, oh, I want to connect with this man again, is you take one of your beads and you slip it into his pouch. Or you pretend to slip it into his pouch so he doesn't know whether you gave whether you in particular gave him a bead or not. Right. So so the the matching process is part of our transition ritual, and that is a, a guided ritual that happens between each station, and it involves the men basically close their eyes and the women get to place a bead in his pouch, uh, either a bead from their pouch or what we call a blessing bead, which is an imaginary bead. <laughs> so that he doesn't know, did I get a bead? Did I not get a bead? And in that way, and then by his eyes being closed, uh, in that way, we kind of take the ego out of the equation for both participants. Yeah, really well done. So well done. Very, very sweet. And um, so this begs a question that I didn't know, but I sort of thought. So every red pouch has different color beads. So you actually know who has yes. which beads? Yes, everyone gets uh, a unique set of beads. And then at the end of the event, you know, we collect all the pouches and then we tabulate the results and figure out which beads were in which pouch. And we know who, who each pouch belonged to. And that's how we can tabulate the results and, uh, and send that to, uh, to the participants. Because I didn't look at my beads very well. I didn't know if they had an L on them. <laughs> or, well, and I... I know which beads were yours because that you dropped them all over the floor and I picked up a, a nice handful of them. So <laughs> I knew right away. It was terrible. I couldn't tell if they were leaking out of my pouch or whether, <laughs> whether I was just clumsy. It was you just really have a hard. lot of energy. I think you have a lot of energy and the beads just couldn't stay put. They couldn't. I, and I, <laughs> it was very hard to coordinate like, Oh, am I going to reach the bead with my left hand or am I going to put my, which hand am I going to put on his heart? Or which right. hand am I going to grab the beads? And Oh, it was, that was a little tricky in terms of coordination, but it was really fun. And, and I also felt that because I dropped beads on the floor, people laughed. Like they also lightened up a little bit. Like it wasn't so yeah. serious. Like there were beads rolling on the floor, you know, and people cracked up. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that, that really amazes me is that, you know, every now and again at an event, someone drops some beads. 
And I remember at the uh, one of the last events that I was at, what's really lovely is like uh, this woman dropped a whole bunch of beads. And so all these men around her went down and they picked up the beads and they gave them back to her. And it was just like a really sweet moment of, you know, the men sort of uh, showing up and, and, and being mm-hmm. of service um, because that's sort of the, the energy behind the event. So it was really beautiful to see that in like this unscripted moment of something happening, uh, that they were sort of acting in this energy of like, you know, we're here and we're holding the masculine pole and, you know, we want everybody to have a great time and, and we want to be of service. So yeah. It was actually quite touching. Beautiful. Really beautiful. Yeah. It was really yeah. fun. I have to say it was like a very fun event for me. And, um, and, you know, I'm excited to bring it back to Phoenix and I'm excited to help you grow it in other cities where I might be and you might not be yet. You know, I just think it's, I think it's a really, and there were people there who said there was a woman there who I didn't, who knew me, but I didn't know her. I don't know where I had met her before, but she called me the next day and she told me that um, what a great time she had had. Mm-hmm. and how safe she felt and how um, she said she didn't meet anyone that like, you know, she thought would float her boat, so to speak, but she felt like she will come to these events over and over again. Cause eventually she felt this is the kind of way she would want to meet a partner. So mm-hmm. that's just some feedback that I got the next day from someone. And, um, Beautiful. I thought that was noteworthy. I thought it was really noteworthy. She's very well thought this woman, like she thought it out and she said, this is the way I'm going to meet the person of my dreams. So that's a really nice uh, intention. <laughs> to have. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, uh, you know, this, and this started happening quite a long time, time ago, very early on. Uh, I'm looking for this quote that someone sent me. This is one of the first times that, uh, that this happened that where I really thought, you know, this is really interesting because I've never heard anyone say this about a dating event and, and this is it. Okay. So there was a woman who attended in New York and this is what she writes me. She writes guy exclamation mark, exclamation mark. I attended your event on November 8th in New York city. Even though I didn't make a connection that night, a week to the day on a business trip in Las Vegas, I met the most incredibly open, handsome and kind man. I think I was on the path to being ready anyway, but my spirit was open to receive his beautiful energy because of my experience at your event. Thank you. I'm so happy. Lots of exclamation marks. Wow. That's so cool. So I got that and I was like, wow, like who goes to a speed dating event and says, says, you know, I went to the speed dating event and I didn't meet anyone I felt particularly attracted to, which, which is a separate issue attraction we talk about later, uh, but says, you know, I didn't meet anybody that I was attracted to, but I got so much benefit out of it that it helped me attract somebody else into my life. Yeah. I've never heard somebody say that about a speed dating event. That's so great. What a great piece of feedback. I love it. Right. And we've had engagements and weddings. And so, you know, it's to, to have, to be able to do this for a little over a year and, uh, and, and see so much beauty coming out of it is really, you know, when I first got that message from that couple, they got engaged and, and they sent me the photo of the engagement ring, you know, we have it on the website and she told me how happy she was and how this all happened. Um, I was just floored, you know, because this, like I said, this started as an experiment. We, we weren't planning to do this in 20 cities. 
You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, it, it kind of took, took, it certainly took over my life by storm and, and took over the Tantra Institute by storm. It's great, Kai. It's wonderful. I couldn't, you know, it's wonderful when that happens like that. It's a surprise. It keeps life fresh and you just keep creating. It's very yep. awesome. Certainly keeps you on your toes. Yeah. So we're going to take another break here. And when we come back, we'll give people a way to get in touch with you, how to get to your website, how they can either find a city that you're in or invite you to a city to come and, and maybe help organize. So we'll be right back with Sex and Happiness. Please stay tuned. So many times you've heard Lori talk about emotional release on this show. She says over and over again how important it is for you and your loved ones. Now you can do emotional release in the privacy of your own home. And you can practice Lottie Han too, meditation that prepares you for making love in the unknown. In her CD, Shamanic Release and Lottie Han, she creates a safe and sacred space in which you can do the powerful work Lori is known for in her Butterfly Workshops courses. Lori sets you up with the proper positioning and breathing. Then she guides you through each emotional state to the beat of tribal African rhythms. This CD actually provides an easy way to do emotional clearing work on a regular basis. Order your copy of Shamanic Release and Lottie Han today and watch your relationships walk free of emotional baggage. To order your copy, go to ButterflyWorkshops.com right now. As a sex and happiness coach... I understand that increased sexual participation intensifies sexual responsiveness and desire, as well as overall health and well-being. My experience with a Sibian has personally increased my sexual response, and I can now train women to use this machine to have peak orgasms as often as possible. I strongly believe this will add to their health and well-being whether they have a partner or not. The beauty and the miracle of the human body is that it adapts and changes much more rapidly than people change their beliefs or their opinions. The Sibian can make any woman's body more resilient with each peak orgasm. Sibian is an amazing experience often described as the Lamborghini of sex toys. If you're a woman and you can get yourself to look at Sibian, you should do so. It won't take away from your partner. It will only add. Trust me on this. I love my Sibian. Go to Sibian.com. That's S-Y-B-I-A-N dot com. Or call 1-800-253-6135. That's 800-253-6135. 6135 and say Laurie Handlers told you about Sibian. And by the way, if you do have a partner, ask about Venus for men. That's Venus, V E N U S, for men. This is Sex and Happiness, segment three. We're going to be talking about how you can get in touch with Guy and anything he might have thought of that he forgot to say. We'll see if we, where we're at. But first of all, do you want to tell us some of the major cities that you're in um, yeah. or that you're planning to be in so people who are listening can know to go to your site immediately and look up when you're coming to those places? Sure. Sure. So as of now, uh, we are in uh, Austin, Texas, 
Boston, Boulder, uh, Calgary, Chicago, Denver, London, Los Angeles, Miami, New York, Orlando, Phoenix, of course, Portland, mm. Raleigh, San Diego, San Francisco, Santa Cruz, Seattle, Tampa, Washington, D.C. Wow, that's a really great lineup. So, yeah. okay, so if you heard your city called out, then that then you need to go to the website, which is? Tantraspeeddate.com. Tantraspeeddate.com. Okay, so you need to go to that website and see when they're coming to your city. Uh, also, you have a facilitator's training, too. I want to mention. We have a, yes. We have a facilitator training program. So if you want us to come to your city, uh, the first thing you want to do is send us an email. We get several emails every day of people that say, come to this city, come to that city, and we keep a log of them. So if we get enough for a particular city, then we'll sort of prioritize that, the, that city because there are, there are several cities that are on our list and it takes a lot of effort to set it up in a city. It usually helps if you're, if you want us to, if you want to invite us to your city to have a venue. Uh, that you think might be a good venue that would be open to this event. Usually we do it at yoga studios. And these days we often will prioritize a city if there's someone there who says, hey, I want to facilitate this. Um, because uh, that makes it easier to get a city off the ground is to have someone who wants to facilitate in that city. And uh, so you can send us an email. Uh, our email's on our website. It's, uh, it's offerings at tantrany.com. Uh, or you can send it to help at tantraNY.com and just tell us which city you're in and uh, we'll keep that on file. And when we have enough for a particular city, we'll reach out to those folks and, and follow up. So that's great. Mm -hmm. And, and um, go ahead. I was, I was going to say the facilitator training program is if you want to become a facilitator, uh, which is a very rewarding experience. We do have a facilitator training program. Uh, which is roughly about 40 hours of training to learn what it takes to run a Tantra speed date. And then there's some testing involved as well. And you can become certified to run Tantra speed date in your city. Uh, you can get in touch with us for that as well. Right now we have, so I'll give you some statistics about it. We started the event in uh, late 2017. It grew very organically by, by people inviting us and saying, Hey, you should do this in our city. Uh, that was really how, how, how it, started to grow. We weren't planning on bringing it to other cities. It mm -hmm. just kind of happened by accident. People found out about the event. They would write to me, you know, so, so we had someone write to me. Uh, so Suzanne Muller Hines is a dating coach in Denver. She wrote to me, she says, you know, you really ought to bring this to Denver. And at the time I was doing it in New York. We were doing it in San Francisco. We were doing it in Boston. I think we had about three cities. And so I said, okay, we had, we had a conversation. She said, if you come, I'll, I'll help you find the space, you know, and I'm a dating coach, so I'll bring my clients. And we did an event in Denver and it was a huge hit. And so I was like, okay, I guess, guess we're doing it in Denver now. So then every month we would do it in Denver. And then people from Boulder would come to the event in Denver and they'd say, you know, you really ought to do this in Boulder. <laughs> I said, well, I, if I, I do it in Boulder, I need to have a place to do it. And they're like, well, here's where you should do it. This is a really cool place. So I investigated that and then we started doing it in Boulder. So it just it just sort of expanded from there because people because of the demand people would say we want you to do it. So that all started in late 2017 with the first event which we did right here in New York and since then we've had over 5000 people attend. Uh there have been over 40,000 unique dates 
in 20 cities. Uh, well, technically 22 if you count uh, a couple of festivals that we did, uh, including Burning Man and uh, the East Coast Tantra Festival, which is in Virginia. Um, Burning Man, Black Rock City is a city, so that counts. So technically, <laughs> yes. Um, and here's the thing. Out of those events, from all those attendees, 5,000 people over the past year, 95% is our match rate. 95%, which is unheard of for a dating event. That means that 95% of people that come to the event match with at least one person. Mm. 95%. That's super. That's really great to know. Yeah. I didn't know you were at the East Coast Tantra Festival. I, you, mm-hmm. I've been invited, but I just haven't been to it. It's always in conflict with things, other things that I'm doing. The idea is there's so many festivals, right? Yeah. There's Tantra festivals everywhere. So, um, yeah, so that's great. Those statistics are fabulous. So that's something to, that's like a great feather in your cap. It's something to be proud of. And you got, and you have to know the feedback says that what you're doing is, uh, worthwhile and important, really important and deep. So fabulous. Yeah. So, so let's see. Is there anything that we forgot? Is there anything we didn't cover? that might, uh, you know, that I didn't ask you, you know, um, Oh, well, but, I'll know, tell maybe you what's, what's your vision? Like, what else do you want to do? Well, I'll, I'll tell you something that, uh, you know, that, that we should definitely mention because sometimes, you know, people hear the word Tantra and they kind of get a misconception of what the event is about, or, or sometimes they want to come and, and they're, uh, and they're a little reticent, or maybe there's some fear there about coming. So mm-hmm. I think it's very important to, to mention a couple things. One is that it's fun. Like you attended and you saw, okay, this is fun. It's light. You know, there isn't anything too, you know, intense going on. It's really more about fun ways to connect with people. So I want to make sure that that comes across. And then also, secondly, is that uh, all of the exercises that we do are totally consent-based. So that means you can participate, you can not participate, you can modify how you participate. We encourage people to think of all the exercises as if they were yoga poses. And in a yoga class, if there's a pose that you don't want to do or you can't do, or maybe some people are kind of more advanced yogis and they can kind of go into a deeper pose, but, but that's not really right for you, you can always modify the pose and find a way to do it where it feels right for you. Or you can opt out entirely. And, and in yoga, there's, you know, you would go to ch- child's pose. And that's sort of the resting pose where you take a break from what's going on. Um, and so in Tantra Speed Date, you can participate to your comfort level. You can participate not at all. You can take a break from a particular station. Uh, we, have, we have our own version of child's pose, which is you basically take a step back. You bring your hands into namaste. And that's the signal that, hey, I'm taking a break for a little while. Yeah. And so uh, I think it's important to note that, you know, the exercises are fun and everybody has a great time and you don't have to do them if you don't want to do them or if you don't, if a particular exercise, you want to do it in a different way. You can negotiate a modification or you can not participate in that exercise and take a break that it is totally uh, your choice as to how you want to show up and how you want to make yourself available. I love that part. So you're at choice, you're at consent you're sovereign. And if you, and there's no wrong, no wrong being, there's no make wrong when you t- take your space. I like that. And I love that you said it. You said it more than once. You said yeah. it in our event in the beginning, then you said it again, and you made some, you were light about it. 
you know, and I thought it was great. And I feel like people really did exercise their right to feel comfortable. So thank you. Thanks. Absolutely. And you know, one of the things that we do is, is we, uh, well, we have a, the part in the beginning where we discuss the consent. We talk about how we all, all of us come together to create a safe space for each other. And then the stations themselves all have a built in consent piece to them, right? So mm-hmm. that, uh, so that the consent is part of the station, which kind of enhances the, uh, the safety of each station, helps everybody feel more comfortable. And then when you're comfortable, you can just relax and have fun. And that's the goal, right? Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's a wrap. I think we, I think we covered it. And I think uh, there's, I, you know, I have listeners all over the place. So I wouldn't be surprised if some people get in touch with you. I certainly plan to host or co-host another few events in Phoenix and get some more of the community out. And, um, and, you know, certainly we can talk about some other places where I uh, find myself and, and, and maybe we'll collaborate about those. It's a great thing you're doing, Guy. Thank you so very thank much. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, you're welcome. So everybody who's listening, uh, thank you for being my listeners. I wouldn't do the show without you. And I hope you enjoyed this and I hope you saw something for yourself. And if you're in a relationship and this isn't for you, I know you know people <laughs> who who are always complaining. The biggest complaint people have is like they can't meet anybody. So I, I mean, over the years of my teaching, I can say that people say, well, I can't meet anybody in my town. So if you have friends like that, and it's not you, but somebody you know, you might want to have them listen to the show and get in touch with Guy and see when they're coming to somewhere near you. So thank you all. Please tune in to Sex and Happiness next time when I will have an amazing guest who will add to your sex and your happiness. That's a promise. This is Laurie signing off. Namaste. Thank you for joining us today for Sex and Happiness. To learn more about Lori and her work, please go to ButterflyWorkshops.com or follow her on Twitter or Facebook. You can send her an email at sexandhappiness at gmail.com. We'll see you again right here next week for another edition of Sex and Happiness. Oh.